Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Round Ball Stew. I'm your host, Dan Titus, joined with my boy, Raph Johnson. You know him well, the fantasy guru. We're back, man. It's crazy. Week 15. So we actually had a trade go down in the NBA. Crazy. It's taken this long to actually happen, but we'll talk about that as well as some notable news around the league. Hit those injuries. We got some really big name players coming back, and uh, we'll give you some buy-sell recommendations heading into the next week. So, Raph, first and foremost, what's good, bro? How you doing? Doing all right. Um, recent sporting results haven't gone too well, but we don't need this to be a therapy session. So. <laughs> yeah, that's just... It's a safe place. It's a safe place. Right. <laughs> um, but no, speaking of safe place, like your Knicks, they pulled out a tough win over the, mm. over the Cleveland Cavaliers last night. And uh, I got to be honest, man, they're more of a first half team. But, you know, they rallied late. And I thought that this team would be a little bit different, at least defensively, without Mitchell Robinson for the next month. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on them? And do you think that they could possibly make a move at the deadline here? I think they might have to. Um, either that or you're going to ask Tom Thibodeau to kind of change his ways in terms of trusting guys off the bench because it really hasn't happened. Um, the impact of Mitchell Robinson not being in the middle has been huge defensively. Uh, you also don't – you have that kind of finishing ability with Jericho Sims, but the defense really hasn't been there for this group. And when you're asking your starters to play as much as, as the Knicks are playing right now, there's only it's only a matter of time before that adds up and becomes really detrimental, I think. So I think they're going to have to make a move um, because I don't really see Tibbs trusting too many of those guys outside of Emmanuel quickly in the main – I guess you'd say the core four between Brunson, Randall, uh, Bear, and Quentin Grimes right now. Yeah, it seems like Cam Reddish is drawing some trade interest. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty amazing that he's still, <laughs> given yeah. like he hasn't shown really much of anything over the, the course of his short career. Um, but I think Jay Crowder is probably an interesting target. He's been, I mean, the Suns have been trying to trade him forever, haven't been able to find the right suitor. But I think that that's the type of perimeter three and D wing that they could probably use going into the playoffs and I think that that's actually more of a Tibbs guy his greatest tenacity and just the way that he can play and defend multiple positions so I'm curious to see if the Knicks uh put a flyer out for him they definitely have the draft the some the picks to uh to to acquire him oh that'll be interesting um I'd like to see Obi Toppin play more than 10 minutes you know but you know, they did they did, <laughs> they did pay a pretty uh, nice penny for him in the draft. You mm-hmm. would think that they would try to give him more minutes, but I don't know. Maybe Tibbs isn't there yet. But um, but let's talk about the trade that did go down. Rory Hachimura was traded for three second-round picks to the Los Angeles Lakers earlier this week. The only trade that's gone down really in the NBA right now. Hopefully this kicks things off in this NBA trade season. But what are your thoughts on the deal? What does this do for the Lakers? Let's talk about what it does for the Lakers first. I don't think it really moves the needle much. I think I forget which sports book it was, but they put out the odds like pre and post trade and they're the exact same. It was like <laughs> plus 3,300 for them to win the title, something like that. I, I, I don't really think the Lakers can make too big of a splash in the trade market. Like Russell Westbrook, that would be the obvious choice to move him. But what are you going to be able to do, you know, 
in terms of the money and, and his role wherever he goes if you were to trade him. So I think the biggest thing for the Lakers, we'll talk about this a bit later, is getting Anthony Davis back. I think that's going to be kind of like their big trade deadline move is to get yeah. him back. But Hachimura, I like this move for him. You know, he could potentially start in L.A. I, I saw some reports about that. Um, so you get an opportunity that really wasn't there in Washington. There's a bit of a log jam, a bunch of a mix, uh, a mixture of like really average players. So maybe he's got a chance to play next to LeBron and AD and, and see where that takes him. So I like this move for him. I don't really think it moves the needle much for the Lakers, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm curious to see where he's going to slot in here because, as you said, now that they got another front court player, you got AD coming back. Thomas Bryant's been playing well. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it really impacts a fantasy, the fantasy landscape too much. Like I wasn't rushing to waivers to pick up Rui when I learned of his being traded there. I do think it's good for the Lakers because they actually get a shooter now, and Rui's been doing a great job of of improving his three point shooting over the course of the last couple of seasons. I think he's up to like almost forty percent this year. So. Um, Definitely gives them more depth that they needed. They weren't really using Kendrick Nunn that much. They kind of used him in desperation. So, yeah, I think that's a it's a good basketball move, but pretty much a nothing burger in terms of the Lakers on on the fantasy side of things. Um, yeah, let's also talk about uh, since we're talking about the Wizards. Um, what do you think that this does for Kendrick Nunn? Do you see him kind of cracking the lineup for the the Wizards here because they got Monty Morris paid a paid a nice tag for him in the trade. Um, and, but DeLon Wright's been playing great. So he's already going to be suiting up uh, ahead of Wednesday, it looks like. So yeah. do you see that there's any room for Kendrick Nunn to have any fantasy value? I don't think so. They put Will Barton on ice, basically. So yeah, I don't really think that there's much room for him there. Um, I, I They need to figure out something because between adding Kendrick Nunn, who I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they tried to flip him. Mm-hmm. For some for the deadline, if they can do that, but between him and you got Johnny Davis, who's given them nothing as their first round pick. Yeah, good point. There are some evaluation issues in DC that they really need to address, and we'll see what happens. I, I just it just looks like a franchise that's just going to continue to tread water in kind of that NBA purgatory, so to speak. Yeah, man, I don't I don't know what the Wizards are doing. They want to re up Kyle Kuzma, like that's their plan, that's their future. Porzingis is having a great season, um, certainly playing more games than I think that he's played in his career to date. He's usually pretty injury prone. And yeah, he's on he's going to miss a couple of weeks. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, um, you know, he's been playing great. So I feel like if you're building around those two guys, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I, I just don't know that with their backcourt, what they're really planning to do here. It doesn't seem like they have the long term solution yet. But when you spend that much draft capital on on a player, I don't know why you're bringing in another one to potentially compete with them. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I'd be surprised. I, I think you're right. I, I could see Kendrick Nunn being one of those guys that just kind of hops around uh, yeah. from team to team here because he doesn't really fit in any uh, particular situation right now, especially with the Wizards, man. They're garbage. Like, they're not yeah, – You got to Yeah, Bradley Beal's obviously going to be playing 35, 36 a night. So, yep. where does he really fit? Exactly. Um, so, those, those, that's a down – that's a down team. Let's talk about a team that's actually being really good. Surprising, the Sacramento Kings, third in the Western Conference, first in the Pacific Division. Now, all right, a little a little bit of a victory lap here. I thought that the Kings were going to be good. I knew De'Aaron Fox was going to be a star and, and, and Demonis Sabonis, obviously. But I think the emergence of other players has really been interesting. So Harrison Barnes was a guy that I was fading 
much of this season, uh, much of the preseason, just because I thought that, you know, maybe he's going to hit a ceiling or we'll see Keegan Murray eventually emerge and, and pass him. But he's been 48th overall in the last two weeks, shooting unconscious from three point land, along with Keegan Murray. Is this a guy that you're looking to hold on to or what are you what are you doing with Harrison Barnes here? I'm holding on to him just because of how well they've played. I don't think he's at risk of being moved at the trade deadline. I think if they were really struggling, he right. may be a prime candidate to get traded at the deadline, but I don't see any concern there. Um, he and Keegan Murray have, have meshed well together at the starting forward spot. So I don't think you're going to expect Harrison Barnes to play at a top 50 level for an extended amount of time, but I think he'll be good enough to where you can continue to get good value out of him. Yeah, I feel the same. Um Similar to Tobias Harris, like he's not the sexy guy. He's yeah. going to do the same very, very high floor, not a credible, not an incredible ceiling, but mm-hmm. he gets it done. And, you know, I think you got to ride this heater. Definitely won't be top 50, but top 100 for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and more impressively, I think that the the Kings have six players right now over the last two weeks in the top 100. The one that's surprising is Trey Lyles. Yeah. Um He's been a really good fantasy uh, streamer, and, and I think mm-hmm. you can hold on to it for a little bit longer here. The The Sacramento Kings is a team that I'm looking to acquire just in general. If you can get Herder, if you can get uh, Sabonis, and, and I mean, probably no one's put Trey Sabonis, but if you can get one of those marquee players, you want the Kings come fantasy playoffs because they have one of the best schedules. So Trey Lyles is a guy that I'd hold on to just as, well, as long as he's knocking down threes. Uh, scoring in bunches, and he even gets a couple blocks in there. So, yeah, I've been impressed with what I've seen from the uh, former Kentucky product as well. Yeah, and you also have to factor in the Chemezi Metu injury um, because that backup center role was something that they were trying to fill using different guys. Rashawn Holmes has kind of re-entered the rotation recently. Yeah. But I think Lyle's ability to play either the four or the five, and also he has that eligibility in Yahoo Leagues. I like him as a short-term pickup. Um We'll see how long that lasts. They've got like a seven or eight game road trip coming up here. But yeah, I think it's a good opportunity to get him given how well he's played recently. Yeah. And um, talk about the Nuggets since they're first in the Western Conference and just rolling right now. Um, over their last 10 games, they're nine and one. Jamal Murray, I think, has definitely turned it up. He's 38th in uh, per game value over the last couple of weeks. One person, though, that isn't really doing very well is Michael Porter Jr. He's 76 over that span, but he's going through some injury woes right now. Are you concerned about MPJ? Would you sell him in a in a spot where, you know, maybe he comes back from injury, he goes off? What, what are you doing with MPJ? I think I'd sell. He's dealing with some personal stuff away from the court as well right now, and that's kind of what the listed reason is for his absence. So I don't know how that situation is going to go. It looks pretty bad in terms of, you know, what that is. If you're listening, you can easily look that up. But um, yeah, I think I'm selling just because of how well that Murray and Jokic have been playing. Aaron Gordon, I think he's been a borderline all-star. I wouldn't be shocked if he was one of the picks, you know, after he announced the starters, obviously. And then you get really good value out of Bruce Brown as well. So I think yeah. in terms of Michael Porter Jr., he doesn't really give you too much in those supplementary stats, I guess you would say. So I think he's someone, if you can move him from a, for a decent return, I think this would be a good time to do it. Yeah, the person I'd be interested in buying in, in, in wake of this is probably Bruce Brown. Um, yeah. He's fallen out of that top 100 uh, status, but I think that you know with the increased minutes we've already seen, when he subs in there and he gets starters minutes, this man is, a, is a, definitely a viable fantasy asset. So does a, a myriad of things. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you here. I, I have – 
I have MPJ in a roto league, which I think has been okay, but you know, he doesn't really do much outside of threes, points, and rebounds. Um, can't expect much from him defensively. So I'm I'm in agreement there. Um yeah, the other team I wanted to talk about is the Pelicans because uh, they're two and eight in their last ten. And they're going through the injuries, injuries in the worst way, almost like the Miami Heat a couple months ago. They just can't seem to keep their, their starters on the floor. Najee Marshall's now out. What are we doing here? Are we picking up Dyson Daniels? He finally came back to earth in his last game. Um, or is it just waiting out the B.I. return? Is B.I. going to help save this team along with, with C.J. McCollum until uh, Zion Williamson returns? What do you, uh, what do you expect out of the Pelicans here? Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm not picking up Dyson Daniels. Um, because the, the the games that you would want for a fantasy streamer have been few and far between for him. Yeah. So I, I'm not I'm not going to pick him up. I think I'll just wait for Ingram. I believe he's listed as probable for Wednesday's game, if I'm not mistaken. So he should be back pretty soon. Zion, we'll see with that. But I think this this preserves Trey Murphy's Murphy's value for yeah. sure. Um, I think he's someone to hold on to even after their hole. But I think he's probably the big winner here. Dyson Daniels, I'm not really going for that right now. Yeah, it was it was tough. Um, I picked him up in a in a for a DFS. It was pretty much a DFS play. I lucked out on a Sunday because I was trying to figure out who between him and Larry Nance Jr. and it seemed like he was getting the edge at least in the short term. But even Larry Nance, I thought would probably have a little bit more success in in his return. But uh, he hasn't really found his groove yet. Um, so yeah, I think this is really just waiting out Bi and seeing how he does. Curious to see. It's been a long time, man. This guy's been. Mm-hmm you know, questionable, downgraded, you know, the timelines constantly move. So hopefully he's back and healthy and ready to actually play basketball. Um, speaking of healthy and ready to play basketball, Jonathan Isaac actually had a really good game. Mm-hmm. Like we were, we were making jokes about his return and not being uh, realistically an option for fantasy, but I don't know. I'm not picking him up just yet, but I, at least I'm encouraged by what I saw. You know, he had a couple plays where knocked down a three, locked down Jalen Brown, led the fast break to a got an assist there. Um, I think you you saw the what everyone's been hyped and so excited about mm-hmm. for his career if it didn't get marred by injuries. Um, but I thought it was really telling what Jalen Brown said about how the Orlando Magic just pose a very unique problem for for NBA teams. Like they're just extremely long, athletic. They're just different. And it's weird that they're the team that's that seems to be the the kryptonite mm-hmm. for the the Celtics. But just want to get your thoughts on one Jonathan Isaac and and also what Jalen Brown said. Yeah, I've come around on Isaac. Is um, he did what he did the other night in ten minutes? Um, I don't know when that threshold will kind of be lifted or, or increased, I should say. But we've seen he, he can give you good value in ten to fifteen minutes. Now, I don't think. He's someone that I would slot into like a weekly league. But I think if you have a nightly league, every once in a while, just throw him into a a flex spot and see what he can do for you there. Because he can get you some scoring, get you the defensive stats too. So I don't think it's a bad gamble at all at this point. As for the Magic, they just got to a lot of length. And we've seen them kind of draft that way with John Hammond as the – I think he's either the GM or president of basketball operations. Mm -hmm. He had the same approach in Milwaukee beforehand where they they just draft for length and athleticism guys can be a bit raw but as they kind of pick up the basketball skill over time you can end up with some really good plays so Isaac being one of them we've seen Bull Bull that they got via trade give them some good run this season in the past Mo Bamba even though he's kind of on the outs now 
uh, yeah. Franz Wagner too. So the length that that group has, it, it makes for an intriguing team. Yeah, from a fantasy perspective, I, I think it just kind of muddies the waters for the, yeah. the, bom- the Bombas, mm-hmm. the Bull Bulls, uh, which also I think puts the Magic in a pretty good position to probably trade right now. Like mm-hmm. I think that they could probably offload a couple of those guys and still you know get some considerable return for that. Uh, just given how much they, how well they've played in the shortest yeah. amount, the, the stints of time throughout the season. So, yeah, definitely interesting there, man. Um, and then lastly, uh, the Blazers, they're three and seven and over the, the, over their last 10. Do you see any changes coming about? Billups did hint at some potential lineup changes. And if they, if that did happen, who do you think that that would be um, really predicated around? I think it's going to be Gary Payton the second and Nasir Little. I think those two are going to have to play a bit more than they have been. Obviously, in the case of Payton, they've been kind of working him back in steadily just yeah. because of the injuries. But I think those guys are going to have to play more. Um, Shaden Sharp, I think, is going to end up taking a hit. You really like his upside, but where they are in the standings, I think they just got to go with the with the, the guys who are kind of proven and they can trust, kind of help them make, make a move here because – it hasn't been good, and that's not the type of roster that I think they can just transition into a tank uh, just because I don't think they want to do that. When you have the older guys like Lillard and Nurkic. You don't want to tank at all. Yeah, you definitely do not. They're so they're sitting in 13th in the Western Conference right now, but they're only a couple of games out of the seventh spot. So, um, I mean, they're, they're definitely in the, the hunt right now. So I, I think it – it makes a lot of sense to get those defensive players in there like Gary Payton. Uh, Shaden Sharp, as you said, great talent, a lot of potential. But, yeah, I think that it might be a little bit too early to have him so um, reliant in this rota- in this uh, rotation right now. But, yeah, Dame's been going off, though. So, shouts to Dame. I know he got a little bit frustrated after a uh, press conference there. But I think mm-hmm. it's warranted, man. He's playing at an elite level right now, and I think he just needs – he just needs a little bit more. And I, I think it also could come from Anthony Simons. He's really just been a points and threes guy. Yeah. I would like to see him do a bit more. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens with these Portland Trailblazers. All right, man, let's uh, let's transition to some injury discussion because there was some a couple, at least one really big injury that I think is going to impact fantasy. Um, that first injury is Steven Adams. He sprained his PCL. He's going to be missing five weeks. The Memphis front court. Uh, so far has been Xavier Tillman, but Brandon Clark is also going to factor in here. It seems like Santi Aldama has, has kind of taken a back seat here in mm-hmm. terms of minutes. Which one of Xavier Tillman and um, Brandon Clark would you be going for in fantasy? I'm going for Clark um, just because even though he's he'll still be in a backup role, I just think he brings a bit more in terms of you know, the rebounding and the field goal percentage, not a very good shooter outside of about 15 feet or so, but you're not really counting on that for him. No. Um, I just think you can get a bit more from him than he will Tillman. Because even in spot starts, Tillman really hasn't done it for me. So I think I would kind of take the wait-and-see approach with him and, and just kind of go for Clark right now. Yeah, and uh, I think Clark is probably – let me see what Clark was roster ship. I know he was – he was definitely in the drop territory for a while. So he's at 53%. So certainly available in shallow leagues, probably not in competitive. But yeah, I think you know what you're going to get with Brandon Clark. Not so much with Xavier Tillman. Seems like Brandon Clark right now, you know, rim runner, very efficient by the rim, can get you stocks as well. Sneaky steals. 
Um, so, yeah, I think he would be my preferred option. But Xavier Tillman, if you're in a deeper league, competitive league, I think he's worth a flyer in streaming for the rest of week 15 because the Memphis Grizzlies play three games uh, from Wednesday on. So um, could be some short production. But I'm really curious to see how this Adams injury impacts the rest of the players, being that he's such a good screen assist front court player man like it's those intentions and not only that is offensive rebounding the amount mm-hmm. of second chance points he generates for that team um i think we could actually see the memphis Grizzlies struggle a little bit uh trying to get adjusted with that life without adams in the short term yeah i kind of wonder if they may consider making a move too you know three to five weeks in that tightly contested of a conference as the west is right now Maybe, they, you know, if they struggle a bit early on, maybe they decide to see if they can pick up a big that can help them while Adams is out. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they have a couple uh, deep assets they could probably uh, trade as well. So, yeah, curious to see what they do. Marcus Smart is going to miss a week or two with an ankle sprain. Doesn't seem serious, but um, are you picking up anyone as a result of that? Uh, Robert Williams did come back, fortunately, so he, he's not missing a, a lot of time with his load med- his knee soreness. Um, but, yeah, curious about what your thoughts are on Marcus Smarter, if anyone you're picking up to to uh, cover him over the next couple of weeks. The injury, I'm glad it's only an ankle sprain, so it's good. A week or two is good. Um, Derek White's 53% rostered, so he's going to be off the board in your competitive leagues. We've seen Peyton Pritchard play a bit more, but I don't know if I trust him, especially with Malcolm Brogdon. Likely to be back pretty soon here. I'm thinking he'll be back by the end of the week. So I don't know if he can get much out of Peyton Pritchard there. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not, I think Derek White would probably be the best option. And as you said, you know, Ma- Malcolm Brogdon's been dealing with some personal, been out with personal reasons. Um, I think this usage is pretty much just going to be spread. Peyton Pritchard would probably be a dart throw if you're in a, a pinch for some threes and some yeah. assists late in the week, but nothing more than that. Um, Giannis and Middleton. Right as they come back, Bobby Portis goes down with an MCL sprain. Just horrible luck in Milwaukee yeah. this year of getting their starters all back and healthy. But shouts to Bobby Portis because he's just been holding down the fort for fantasy managers much of the season. So, um, yeah, but what are your thoughts on Giannis coming back? And and finally, Chris Middleton. We haven't seen much of him this year, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, obviously the Giannis return it kind of goes without explanation you know what you're going to get from him in terms of the across the board production he'll be of even greater importance with portis you know sidelined for a bit you just hope that the knee the sore knee that's kind of sidelined him for a bit kind of holds up because if it doesn't they're in a tough spot because i don't see sergi baka having a change of heart and deciding that he wants to stay in milwaukee so (laughs) you know where do you look at if Giannis has to miss time maybe jordan war um, he's basically primarily a points and threes guy when he gets the opportunity. But so I don't think he's someone that you're going to rush to add. I don't think there are any ads with Portis out, but no. it just makes Giannis, having Giannis on your roster of even greater importance. Yeah. I'm just, you know, as a guy that has Giannis on a couple of leagues, I'm just hoping that, as you said, man, that knees has got to, whatever that knee maintenance management program has been, hopefully this time off has been beneficial for that. And he can kind of see this through because without Bobby Portis, uh, that front court is definitely going to take a hit. Um, so you can pretty much drop, I think. You know, I've seen Grayson Allen on trade on, and some trade rumors. Pat Connaughton's no longer streamable, was barely streamable. I mean, uh, if you had to go that desperate. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't really see too much fallout here that fantasy managers can take advantage of. You know, these are pretty highly rostered players. So um, not much depth on the on the, the Milwaukee Bucks team that's that I'm interested in, in pursuing. 
Um, let's see here. Um, that's pretty much. Oh, it's got to talk about AD. So AD's yeah. probable to return tonight. I'm curious what you think this means for Thomas Bryant. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. We were both on the same page, and then Thomas Bryant just went on this weird, you know, get splitting time with Wendon Gabriel thing. But now that AD's back, what does that really do for Thomas Bryant? Does he play that five? Does he go back to the bench role and still provide value in limited minutes? Are you holding on to him, or what are you, what are you doing with Thomas Bryant? I think I'd hold on to him in the short term because I think Davis is going to be at 22 to 24 minutes if he yeah. plays Wednesday night. So I think you hold on to Bryant until that minutes restriction is gone. And we kind of, because that should be enough time to see how they're going to handle that. Because also we've got the Rui Hachimura addition that we touched on. I think Bryant, I don't think, I don't see him falling completely out of the rotation. But if he's only getting about 15 to 18 minutes, that would give me some pause in terms of, keeping him on my roster, at least in standard leagues, I would say. Yeah. I mean, if he, if he was blocking more shots, I would think I would probably be a little bit more interested right now. It's just a hold. As you said, I think the minutes restriction for AD, they're probably going to wear kid, put kid gloves on him right now. So make sure that he's good to go for the long term. But I, I think that there still could be some short-term appeal there. And going back to the, you know, we were talking about the Lakers earlier or talking about the Lakers right now, but going back to the Wizards for a second, I forgot to mention that Chris Asporzingis is also going to miss a couple of weeks, one to two weeks um, with an injury. Daniel Gafford, obviously the first one, most obvious beneficiary there. But given now that they have Kendrick Nunn, they have a couple of different pieces moving around. Is there anyone else that's a direct, uh, I guess, person that you would relate to? Uh, Chris Asporzingis, somebody getting more usage or someone that you're looking at in terms of Washington? That, that's pretty much the guy I'd be targeting right now. Um, I think he got about 32 minutes off the bench and there went over the Mavericks on Tuesday. Um, so I think giving him more playmaking opportunities between the Porzingis injury and Hachimura being traded, I think he's someone who could end up being a really valuable piece for fantasy managers in the short term and also for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I think uh, Denny Avida just, I think this is the, this is the spot. You got rid of your competition, or at least one of them. Um, and they spend a high draft pick on him, too. So I think he's you've seen a lot of improvement in his game. Can do a, can do a bunch of different things defensively. Uh, not much in the three-point category, but I've liked what I've seen for at least as a playmaker, uh, getting those assists and those rebounds as well. So pretty versatile player that I think will get more minutes here. Um, so if anyone needs to look up any injury news, what what are you doing to, to find your source for, of information? I use the Roto World app. Um, you can favorite players who may be on your fantasy teams or players that you just follow in general um, to get notifications to your phone. And the app is available wherever you get your applications, whatever phone you prefer. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know kissing under the bridge of size guarantees eternal love. 
because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15 discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, let's go into the schedule, man. We have, um, you know, we're in the middle of the week here. Uh, is there any players that you're looking to target based off of schedule for the remainder of week 15? He's already rostered in most competitive leagues, but I'm going with TJ McConnell. I think he's been an absolute stud Woo-hoo. recently. Yeah, he <laughs> he's had himself some big games recently. Um, obviously, Tyrese Halliburton's still out. Andrew Nemhard missed the last game due to illness. But even if McConnell's coming off the bench, you can still get good value out of him. And they've got three more games to play this week. So TJ McConnell would definitely be one of those guys for me. Yeah, my guy, um, still pretty under-rostered, is um, Dennis Smith Jr., 23% mm-hmm. rostered. Don't know what's up with Lamella Ball yet. Um, but DSJ was serviceable in the beginning of the season when the, the Hornets were going through injuries with Terry Rozier and Lamella Ball. Hasn't been as impactful since then. I, I think he's primarily going to be a guy that's going to get you steals and assists. But similarly, I also like DeLon Wright to do the same thing mm-hmm. um, in the short term. They're both around under 30% rostered. And I think that they've both put together um, – they're guards that you can get that do different things. Similar to yeah. TJ McConnell, actually. Like McConnell's another one of those guys that gets you a lot of steals, assists. Um, but I think it's the, really the, been the point surge that, that's been surprising mm-hmm. for McConnell. Um, but yeah, I think there's some good value there in DeLon Wright and uh, Dennis Smith Jr. in in more competitive leagues, being that they're only 30% rostered. And one other name I want to throw out there is Tari Eason. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. isn't back yet. I, I haven't seen that he's coming back yet. Um, yeah, he's got at least another until the end of this week when he's reevaluated. Okay. So. And then Jabari Smith Jr. is dealing with an ankle injury. I feel like I wrote an article on on Yahoo about it. The number one person I want to see traded this offseason or this se- this trade season is Eric Gordon. And I don't know if that's going to happen, but his contract situation is really interesting. Mm-hmm. All of his money's been paid out. So he's like the best person to trade for. So he's mm-hmm. waiting on a deal from the Rockets, but I'm like why would the Rockets want to give you a deal if like it's great. He's a veteran. You got to have the veteran yeah. presence. I get it. But I feel like he'd want to just be out by now, right? Like, go play for a contender. You can still shoot the three. You're a good perimeter defender. Um, I know you got roots there and everything, but, like, it's just maddening from a fantasy perspective because I think Tari Eason does everything that you want in a fantasy player except for uh, assists. That's, like, his one uh, area where he could improve a little bit. But his per 36 numbers, 15, 10, um, over three stocks, like, that's what I I, want to just free this man. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, want to get your thoughts on the Houston Rockets situation, but then also give me um give me a trade someone that you want to see traded to benefit someone else in fantasy. Well, we discussed Eric Gordon before. Um, I'm like the vice president of the Free Eric Gordon campaign. <laughs> he look, man. I know he's he hasn't come out and directly said that he wants out, but you can just tell that he, he's he's done with it. Um, <laughs> And when your veterans thinking and that feeling that way, like we've seen the press conference where he's like, I've seen no improvement, you know? So <laughs> yeah. and 
So how good is that veteran presence when he's just kind of done? Like, I'm sure he, he probably feels like he's talking to a brick wall with some of those guys in yeah. terms of the advice that he may be trying to give them. So it's it's been reported that Houston wants a first-round pick in return. I'd like to see them bring that down. Um, yeah, because, let's, let's get back to reality here, bro. Yeah, 34, 15-year uh, mm-hmm. pro. Like, come on. First round, yeah. you're, you're tripping. I, I think that's the one. Um I think there are some other trades in terms of like they may be dictated by the, the collective bargaining agreement and how much a, t- a player can be paid by his current team. I'm interested to see what happens in Toronto. Um, mm. Fred Van Vliet would be an interesting name. We've seen him come up because of the extension issues that you, know, you can only pay so much during the season that goes up afterwards, but then you're running the risk of losing that guy for nothing. So I think he's one. OG Ananobi is another one where you look at him. It's like, are they going to move him? Are they going to keep him? Because they have a lot of similar wings in that roster. I think they need a little variety. Um, I think him getting to a place where he kind of expand his game offensively even more would really benefit him. And maybe that benefits Scotty Barnes as well in terms of the guy who may stick behind if you do that. So I think Toronto's a team I'm looking at, but yeah, I think we're all on board with Eric Gordon being the one that we'd like to see move for his own good in his entire Easton's as well. Very interesting. Yeah, I've seen some rumors floating around that Phoenix is poking around in Toronto looking to replace Chris Paul. Like, what is the future there? So, um, you know, DeAndre Ayton isn't happy either, and they haven't had a front court, uh, a meaningful front court player in quite yeah. some time. So, yeah, I'd be, I I would love a shakeup of that magnitude, man. Like, it's cool to have Rui Hachimura be traded for Kendrick Nunn and some picks, <laughs> but I think we also want to see a bigger splash be made here. Um, all right, so to close out, man, let's uh, do a quick round of buy, sell, hold. Jalen Duran, 61%. You buying, selling, or holding? If I have him, I'm holding. If I don't, I'm buying. Uh, I think that team is just absolutely dreadful. And they have <laughs> – look, you don't draft – you don't trade for a lottery pick to not play him. Um, they've been playing him, obviously, since he came back from injury. I think there's a situation where they're going to try to go all in with the pairing of him and Isaiah Stewart to see if it works. Um, and maybe that includes a trade of Bojan Bogdanovic, who's been another popular name in trade rumors. So yeah, I think Duran's going to be at a point where he'll play about 28, 30 minutes minimum just to see what they've got there and see how he can develop. He's been a lead as a rebounder when he gets those starters minutes. So yeah, I think he's, I'm buying if I don't have him and I'm holding, if I do have him. I agree. I would definitely keep him around just given the state of the Detroit Pistons. They got to see what they have there. And he's been, he's been a great rebounder. As you said, mm-hmm. would like to see a little bit more in the blocks, but uh, he is a double, double threat every night that he gets those types of minutes. So I am also holding and or buying John Collins, 129th over the last two weeks. Are you buying, selling, or holding? I'm selling, and I sincerely – he's another guy I hope gets moved because that situation in Miami is not great for him uh, in terms of the touches and the offensive usage. So if he can get somewhere where where his role is expanded, that would be great for him. But if he doesn't get moved, I'm definitely selling. Yeah, it's been pretty bad, man. 13 points, six rebounds, not even a block or – I mean – less than a block and a steal over the last two weeks. 
I'd be, yeah. The reason I would sell him is because I think he's eventually going to be traded. Like he had, mm-hmm. like at this point, like it's been what three, four years now. It seems like he's been on the block. Like just free this man, get him on a different scenario. Um, if he gets traded, I think he'll probably be to a pretty good team, and that would suppress his fantasy value. So, um, looking ahead, I probably would would look at the first opportunity I could to sell him. And um, let's have a little fun with this one. Jalen Brunson had a little bit of a scoring. Uh, scoring dip over the last couple of games, but are you panicking here or, or do you believe in Jalen Brunson for the long haul? He's fine. I think what did, what did most fantasy managers really expect from him before the season began? I think you're hoping for like top 75 value. He's exceeding that right now. We weren't expecting him to score 30, 32 points a night as he did during that one stretch. So yeah, I'm holding, I'm not panicking at all on Jalen Brunson. Yeah. I love Jalen Brunson, man. One of the, one of the deals of the, the offseason that was, you know, almost like I would say it was very heavily scrutinized that they paid him too much money. I don't think they paid him enough for the, what he's been contributing to that team. He's been keep. I mean, he's the reason that they're even in playoff uh, contention right now. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see how R.J. Barrett continues to expand his game. He was god awful for fantasy mm-hmm. um, through the first four months of the year. But now it's like uh, I think he might be turning the corner. He's 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 mm-hmm. meddling on that you know, top 115 range. Is that someone that you would be interested in buying in? I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> Can we actually buy <laughs> RJ Barrett? I, I can't do it just yet. I need to see, <laughs> I need to see sustained production in those categories outside yeah. of the points and rebounds. Um, Cause there's still moments where he's kind of got this one track mind where it's, I have to score and I really can't do much else. So until that really changes, I, I need to, I'm going to stay away from Barrett in fantasy. Yeah, far, far, far away. I just wish he could go right at some point too. But yeah, he's got to cut <laughs> down on those turnovers um, for me to really be interested and and just get some stocks, man. Like lock up on defense a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's enough Knicks talk for this week. Make sure you check back in. We with got us wait, next. wait. Oh, we got oh. one more thing. Oh, um, yes. Looking through the comments, someone asked if we think Miles Turner will be moved at the deadline. Ooh. And I, I don't think he will be personally just because of how competitive they've been. I think they're going to try to ride this thing out and run the risk of losing him in free agency. But I think they're going to work out a deal. Um, probably get paid more than he can you know, during the season in terms of a contract extension. But I don't think Miles Turner is getting moved personally. I don't either. Um, right now they're – one, they're a game out of being 500. They're definitely in the playoff race. If this were the Detroit Pistons situation, I'd say, yeah, they're definitely going to try to trade them. But I think that they need a rim protector. Rick Carlisle loves them. He hasn't been complaining since early in the season. I think he's actually bought into this. He's going to get the bag. So I think that Isaiah Jackson, unfortunately, is just going to be another, you know, dynasty, deep league stash that you're mm-hmm. probably not going to be able to deploy for. Um, for a considerable amount of time here if they decide to. So, yeah, I don't think Turner's going to be moved at the deadline either. Um, Jalen Smith, another guy that, you know, unfortunately yeah. for fantasy managers didn't work out this year. But as long as he's healthy, yeah, I don't, I don't think that uh, they're going to find much uh, room for uh, fantasy this year. All right, that'll do it for Round Ball Stew. We'll see you for Week 16. Make sure you tap in with us on Twitch at 1 Eastern every Wednesday. We'll be back talking more fantasy hoops. Until then... We'll see you. Peace. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. 
That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 